Welcome to another week of Dude Soup, everyone. Today we are going to be talking about uh, BlizzCon and how they could possibly make us happy after everything that's happened with Blizzard this year. And also some crazy stuff is happening over at Kotaku. So jump with us, jump in with us for this very uh, journalism-y episode of Dude Soup. So jump with us. Well, it could be dancey. Yeah. It sounds like a movie that would come out in Korean first. Jump with awesome. us. Jump with us. And then it, they would do a version of it in America with um, Ansel Elgort, John Cena. Oh, <laughs> and he wouldn't be both. <laughs> Ansel Elgort is John Cena's son. No, I would watch that. Uh, oh, I did just imagine a very large man power bombing onto a bowl of soup and just decimating it. I think we're thinking about two different movies. That sounds like a leap of faith. I was mm. thinking more along Fault of Fault in Our Stars, which is why I picked. I Dear regret Ansel. asking both of you to do this. Um, but hello, everyone. I'm Alana. This is Connor, and that's Lawrence. Yeah, Hi. the Hot Pod team together again, mm-hmm. popping it up. Mm-hmm. And this episode is sponsored by Hims, Honey Flo, and Mac Weldon. Um, so jumping right in, to Kotaku has <clears throat> well, BlizzCon is this weekend. Yes. Yes. Uh, that it is. And I feel like there's this like ominous cloud oh, hanging yeah. over BlizzCon right now. What's going to happen? Uh, there's a protest that, that was funded on, I think, GoFundMe. Funded? For what? what? Yeah. For like snacks? Probably like something? shirts, well, right? Well, some I, okay. YouTuber who makes like a lot of anti-Brie Larson videos Good. bragged about how he uh, funded the whole thing because he just like donated three grand. What's there to fund? Not really sure. Okay. I think you have to get a permit from the city. In I, order to congregate, like, so they have the city cost like fifty dollars. What if they need? If a you lot have to of pay permits. off-duty police officers, that's what I'm. I've been scheduling up. a parade. Yes, I've been doing it, so <laughs> I know a little bit about city planning. Protesting BlizzCon GoFundMe. Uh, anyway, that, it's a bit of a distraction, but yes, uh, things are not hot for Blizzard right now after a series of interest. Uh oh, we got a giggle. Ooh, that's not a good face to show. <laughs> oh my god, it's a lot of money. Okay, the funding is because. They want, it says, we want to get about 300 mini Hong Kong flags. <laughs> they didn't think about police. That doesn't cost $3,000. They didn't get a, a permit from the city. It says a set of 12 is $19. And we want to get about 300 flags. So altogether, 300 flags should be about $475. You have to uh, think about the thread count on these kind of they're things. They're getting ripped off. Yeah, you can make a nice sheet out of those. It says <laughs> I will be purchasing the flags and flyers soon. So $3,000 <laughs> yeah, okay. for flags there's, and there's flags. There's a Reddit. Reddit.com okay, slash protest BlizzCon. Is this I'm a, sorry. Is it a scheme? It's a, it's a, no. Absolutely. Protecting freedom is never a scheme. No, this the, is a, go fund me. This is a, oh, Same thing. Okay. This is a beautiful cause for a noble goal, and this shitty ass YouTuber is doing the right thing. There, I said it. I yeah, actually fuck Brie agree. Larson. Well, well. Uh, <laughs> so, I actually think that he is not doing anything wrong in this case, the man who donated the three grand. Allow me to toss a wrench in those works, Lana. Okay. The projects being announced at BlizzCon, lest there is another Hearthstone expansion, which there probably is. But is it isn't it possible that all of the teams announcing their projects at BlizzCon that they've been working on for years have nothing to do with the decision made about uh, Blitzchung? And would it be fair to try and cast negativity on their projects because of what somebody else did? I think there is some nuance to that in that I believe uh, someone reached out to a bunch of Blizzard employees and they were like, yeah, we're devastated. They had some uh, protests in the office. I think someone covered up one of the banners of the... Yeah, it was two of the values. Yeah. yeah the, voice and, matters and the statue and, at the front, right? Yeah. yeah. Because, uh, I mean, what they were doing is effectively censorship. So in case anyone doesn't know, I'm assuming that most people do at this point um, with the liberate Hong Kong fiasco. This is just a quote from Kotaku because it was the easiest thing to do. Uh, on October 6th, Hearthstone pro player Chung Blitzchung don't know how to say his last name. Mm, called why? for... Thank why? you. Yeah, we've called covered for, the Hearthstone daily. <laughs> 
uh, called for Hong Kong's sovereignty from China on a Blizzard stream saying liberate Hong Kong, revolution of our age. Blizzard suspended him for a year, stripped his prize money and cut ties with the castes involved, triggering widespread outrage. Um, fans and critics question whether Blizzard's massive fi financial interests in China, which is responsible for a large chunk of Hearthstone's revenue, according to people who've worked there, led the company to punish a player for expressing free speech, uh, which is what it sounds like, and I get why people are mad, mm -hmm. um, but I also recognize that this probably doesn't even have anything to, or much to do with the US team. That said, if people are protesting at BlizzCon, I get why they're doing it because that's the only way they feel like they can get noticed in person. So sure, if you're going to a Diablo 4 Overwatch 2 panel and, and protesting, the people on those panels are probably going to be like, we have literally nothing to do with this. But I also get why you would go to those people to try to get heard when no one else is going to listen. That said, I mean, Blizzard did retract the I don't, I don't know it. what else we really want them to do. It was an awful thing for them to yeah. do, and I think that we should like seriously be protesting yeah. this. It's terrible. It's just super tone deaf. It's just the, the amount the entertainment industry panders to China is nuts. Well, there's a huge market. Well, it was yeah. coming just on the heels of what happened with the NBA, mm -hmm. which is like yep. an extremely similar situation and just imploded on them. And then Blizzard's like, we could probably do that. Yeah, we yeah. can get away with that. Let's let's try it. Well, it's it's that sort of like myopic view of well, he's clearly in violation of the rules. The audience will understand that, right? Yeah. And to a degree, that was true. Um, but there. But also, if you wrote the rules, yeah, I you mean, can choose how to enforce exactly. them. Exactly. Uh, and I think um, I'm not making the argument that this is going to sound like, but I do think there's an element of hypocrisy on Blizzard's part because they had like. Pride Day for Overwatch. That was also redacted in other territories. So like South Korea had a redacted Pride Day presentation that cut out a lot of the Pride celebration stuff. So how is it okay? I mean, it, to say that it has nothing to do with world politics is flagrantly untrue. Yeah. Because if you have Pride stuff in North America where that stuff is seen as good and then you redact it in other nations, they're in the process, they're in the progress of, or sorry, process of doing that, of tailoring their output to match the social norms of every independent region. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The problem is this was tailoring a broadcast for regions outside of China for Chinese sentiment. Yes, because it's obviously an international broadcast that everyone's going to watch. And they're yeah. like, but it's China, right? And like, it doesn't work that way. Mm -mm. So their statement by their own actions was not... It was a bad statement. Yeah, it wasn't honest. And, they, and everyone kind of They, they did that. retract the statement, right? They, they amended it. Yeah, they right. gave him... His I mean, prize money back. They gave him his prize money back. Band. Reduced his band to six months. They also reduced. They said that we might work with these casters again. Reduced their thing to six months. The casters didn't deserve anything because they didn't. <laughs> so some translations have the casters as being in on it, as like prompting the statement, saying like, "Go ahead, say the thing." Interesting. That's what I've read. Okay. But then they ducked behind the table, so their faces wouldn't be seen yeah. during that clip, yeah. which is actually pretty smart. <laughs> Not the worst idea. Um, I, uh, I don't want to mm. misrepresent the, the protest because I naturally just laughed at it because they're trying to raise money to get flagged. Um, <laughs> so gonna, apologies like, for doing that. I'm those are going to be outside the event, right? That's where the protest is? Yes. Yeah, and I think that's... I so mean, like, is it just for photo ops? Um, I, I, th I don't think the protest is a bad thing to do. I, I'm trying to find more information on what their plan is other than maybe just like liberate Hong Kong, uh, but I can't find... I mean, I think a presence at the convention that. is not a bad idea at all. I mean, no, me too. Yeah. I think that uh, they're not... Well, I'm going to continue being devil's advocate here. Okay. Since you guys Keep are, it up. Keep it up. I'll be the, I'll be the boomer who's the Diablo's yeah. advocate. <laughs> um, this, the, I'm not the first person to point this out, and I, I but I, I want to bring it up because I think it's an interesting thing to try to work through. So, I, I, I would never argue against arguing for people's freedom of expression and certainly human rights in the case of Hong Kong, the right to self-govern and be independent. However, there's no denying that so much of American culture now exists because of cheap consumer goods from China. Yes. So mm -hmm. 
Wait, what? <laughs> no, it's shocking. So right? much of it. So how can how can any individual make to reconcile the fact that they have an iPhone or something that was made with cheap child labor or something like that, exploitative labor in China, but then also point the finger at Blizzard and say, how dare you uh, change what you're doing to appeal to that market? People get more angry about the things that they can see. I think it's easy enough to not acknowledge cheap child labor, which is basically slavery, uh, when you're not seeing it, but when you see censorship, and I think it's also maybe that censorship is a big discussion in the US right now, so mm -hmm. it feels more relatable. I would guess that's why. I don't agree that it's right, though. Like, they definitely, China is literally exploiting children daily at this point. It's also, I don't know, the, they have a lot of racist marketing practices that really bother me, like making Finn smaller and like the, taking the witch oh, hunter yeah. out of Diablo Immortal. Right, because you can't have black people because they don't Panther sell in didn't China. Go over well there. I just feel like it that's was weird to me a that wasn't mess. a blow up about about uh, witch, the witch doctor not being an immortal. I think it's probably because we aren't able to confirm that they did it for racist reasons. But I, yeah, I guess that's true. I'm there pretty much another, positive. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 99.9 percent .9 positive they took the witch hunter out. Yeah. to make it friendly to China. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with this, like, or perfect not twinkle, moment sorry. to, like, hold a company like Blizzard accountable. Uh, mm. It's like this perfect storm where, like, iPhones and, like, you know, the stuff that Foxconn did and all that about child labor is not good. <laughs> I'd like to go on record and say child labor, bad. But That's a I, hot take. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to mute my replies. Uh, <laughs> I think, but with the protests in China really picking up steam now, uh, <laughs> an incensed gamer community which there and a lot of them are no strangers to taking to the internet. Um, BlizzCon being right up around the corner, and it's a fairly easy dunk. I think a lot of people, like with the whole no ethical consumption thing, are, find it hard to point fingers, but this is kind of like a, you're not putting a lot on the line to try to hold this company accountable, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think we should do more of that, but I think it's often, you know, you feel small. It's like, well, if I stop using straws, is that really going to stop climate change <laughs> kind of deal? I hear Save you. the turtles. Yeah, it's it's something where you get direct feedback about your actions instead of yeah, we're seeing it void. happen, and it's only been a couple weeks now, and I think a lot of people are like, I'm I'm helping, which maybe they are, maybe they're buying just a bunch of flags, but uh, I think at the very least, I like seeing people take on mega corporations. Yeah, Active Blizzard are huge. It's such a profit-driven company. Who also, I mean, screwed over a lot of employees this year in February. What did they lay off? Like six hundred. 700 people. That laptop is taking <laughs> That's off. That's a fan. Can you hear that, Omar? Are you just, are you no. just, is the browser open? That's it? Yeah. Wow. Chrome uses a lot. <laughs> it is Chrome. <sighs> That's what it sounds like. Sorry. Uh, yeah, they, la they laid off a bunch of people and then. After a banner year, profit wise, right? Like, uh, they like make a ton of money. Top line at Activision, it, yeah. Activision but, hasn't been happy with Blizzard's earnings. Yeah. In a while. Right. Um, but then they reopened some of those roles for the people they had laid off in those positions later in the year as well. Like they've mm -hmm. done a, like a, they've had a bad year. They've done a lot of bad stuff. I get why people are just very unhappy in general. And to continue being a corporate apologist. Oh, yes. <laughs> a lot of the people who got laid off got extremely generous severance packages. Yeah. Um, and I've heard firsthand that a lot of them are just taking like two years vacation because they can. Wow. I think they got two years salary just up front. I, I think, think a lot of them were still very angry, though. I mean, I think justifiably. Everyone's yeah. mad when you lose. You're mad when you lose your job. But I do think, on a corporate level, the thing that's never reported because it kind of contradicts the narrative is that Activision Blizzard tried to do right by the people they let go. Okay. Mm -hmm. To what degree they could. Um, so another thing worth noting is Kotaku reported that after BlizzCon last year, which obviously blew up in Blizzard's face because of the announcement of Diablo Immortal and then the layup shortly after, 
All Blizzard apparently wanted to do was get to BlizzCon 2019 without any more major PR hiccups so they could blow people's socks off and maybe the game's community would be happy with them again. I wasn't able to verify that outside of Kotaku saying that, but it sounds like basically they were like, all we ought to do is get to the next BlizzCon. Everyone will be so stoked with what we have, which again, we're assuming is Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2. Uh, I don't remember what their code names are. They have code names. Um, but at this point... I feel like there's almost nothing that can be done that will make people happy with Blizzard. Oh, I disagree. You think so? I think if you they think have if, if really four good, gets announced, people are fine. I think if the trailer is awesome, and if it's playable, and if the game looks good, that's three ifs deep. But and if there's no microtransaction bullshit apparent in the demo, mm-hmm. um, I think it'll be fine. I, I've seen multiple times gamers like gamers to figure out how to turn their heads around to make themselves okay with the thing they really like. To a degree, it's a shade of like buying a cheap iPhone and then being mad at China in another way. You And and to kind of what you were saying, Connor, it's an easy cost-free dunk. The hard dunk is when you choose to not watch the keynote because you're outside protesting and you choose to not play a game that looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. I have never seen that happen. I've seen boycotts get thrown around and people, people put it down the day the game comes yeah, out and buy it anyway. Battlefront 2 still sold well. Yeah, People well, will be like this is gonna hurt them, and it's still so great. That's well. a fun video game. I mean, despite so the, everything, the core yeah. market is important. At five dollars, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the core, the core market, the ones that are you know presumably listening to this podcast and following all these narratives, they're important because they kind of determine the temperature of the market. But they also have very le- weak wills, typically, myself included. I don't want to seem like I'm. You are very anymore. weak. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I will step over myself to buy a, a, a good video game no matter what happens. I mean, I have major problems with Disney as a company, but I still got tickets to see Star Wars opening night. Oh, I so buy those. Here I am. Yeah, I mean, so monopolies are bad. I think if yep. Overwatch 2 co- looks really good, if Diablo 4 looks really good, people will they'll find ways to be mad at Blizzard in a vestigial sense, but they'll still buy the stuff and still say it's awesome. Yeah, I definitely always thought they would still buy the stuff, yes. Mm. And I think the conversation will cool. I don't doubt that the general audience will kind of move on from this, but what about like the blitz chungs of the world who are like, is there going to be, Blizzard lost control of the narrative is essentially what happened to them. Is there going to be more like protest from the high levels, not just from consumers? Like, are they going to have to face this again sooner? Because, I mean, the protests are not going away, and there's still a significant amount of business in China, and they didn't actually reduce the ban all the way. Is this going to incense more professional players and maybe casters at that level to do things? That's a great question, Connor. Uh, we can discuss you, that Alana. after uh, a word from our sponsor, Hims. Hims is a wellness brand offering solutions for some of the things that might have men feeling insecure. Uh, I haven't used Hims, but I know Lawrence has. He had a really easy time signing up and making sure that everything was legit um, for some basically like hair loss prevention, which is a really amazing thing that Hims does. So like one big example, summertime is here. And while you may be breaking out a baseball cap for a day at the beach, if you're wearing it to hide thinning hair, you might not have to do that anymore. Actually, with the way some of Hims products work, you might be able to prevent your hair from thinning entirely, assuming you'd like to. Don't sweat the hair loss this summer. Do something now while you still can. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35, so why do nothing when you can turn to science instead? 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, boldness can be optional. Hims connects you to real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss and help you keep your hair with no snake oil or pills or silly tricks. Only prescription solutions backed by science. Our listeners can get started with the Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last, and subject to doctor's approval, of course. 
See website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or to a pharmacy somewhere else. So go to forhims.com slash dude. That is F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash D-U-D-E. Forhims.com slash dude. Thank you to Hims. Uh, okay. What was your question? Oh, it was so <laughs> long ago. I mean, I, I do he think was talking about right. high level protests from people, yeah. not just the consumers. Yes. Blizzard basically stuck their ass out. It's like, once you show weakness, then people are going to test you. Yeah, I did pull up the their actual statement uh, for anyone who doesn't remember. Oh, it the was Jalen Brack one. The specific views expressed by a Blitzchung were not a factor in the decision we made. I want to be clear our relationships in China had no influence on our decision. Not true. Uh, we have these rules to keep focused on the game and on the tournament to benefit to the benefit of the global audience, and that was only that was the only consideration in the actions we took. If this had been the opposing viewpoint delivered in the same divisive and deliberate way, we would have felt and acted the same, uh, which nobody really believed. Also, what's the divisive manner of saying people deserve human rights? There's nothing divisive oh, about it. I mean, it is divisive <laughs> to China, sure, but again, how do you how do you rectify that with like Pride Day at Overwatch League? It is, is in their rule book that you're not supposed to do anything political, but then mm -hmm. why are you doing a Pride Day? Like, that's technically politics? Which, which, yeah, and, and I'm glad you said that because, like, ideally that's not politics. Human yeah. rights is a rights issue, not a political issue, but when you have tyrannical governments it is that are suppressing the freedom. in the way, right, yeah. it makes it every single action political. Mm -hmm. the, the, the decision not to allow your employees and players to not bring up politics isn't in and of itself a political move. Yeah, I'm, you're right, it is, because that's technically censorship in a form. Uh, the actual quote is, there is a consequence for taking the conversation away from the purpose of the event and disrupting or derailing the broadcast, which he didn't really do. It was just... A comment. Yeah. yeah. And he was... you think he'd be banned for saying, I want to thank God for helping me out. You'd be like, well, you didn't have to get religious. There's a lot of that. Whoa. Yeah. I wonder People that. do that all the time. I mean, they're like extremely prevalent in sports. It, yeah. Yeah. If he, if he had said, you know, like gay rights, which is arguably something that Blizzard as an entity has already voiced that they as a company agree with, mm -hmm. would that have been punished? Technically also violated the rules. Don't think so. I don't think so either. Don't think I so. Probably would have stood by their guns. So to a degree, yeah, it's... or. Austin doesn't have guns, really. It's different guns. Yeah. Turns out a that company... Spells. That spells. <laughs> Should have stood by their... Cards? Casting. Cards. Do they use yeah, wands, or is it out of the wrist? <laughs> Ooh, good question. I don't... <laughs> I know in Magic, you play as a wizard who summons things out of land. Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I don't. I have a gun. A Lauren Hart. Yeah. <laughs> when I All right. Behold my deck. Behold my pistol. <laughs> yeah, I just put it in my deck, and then, like, a Glock on the table next to it, and I'm like, we playing? Has there... Speaking... Or throwing back to Harry Potter... I know in fan fiction it's probably rife, but in the world of Harry Potter, has anyone ever tried to just shoot a wizard with a gun? I'm sure it's happened. It's, but I, in the lore, there's probably fanfic about that. It's got to be addressed somewhere deep Neo in the, versus in the Harry annals Potter. of Pottermore, right? Because if they addressed wizards pooping, and, and they you did all remember that thoroughly, Pottermore. I think about it often. Oh, but Connor, Shooting. to your point about like point of no return territory. Yeah, I do think now like. <clears throat> The worst thing you can do is make yourself uh, like a good trolley target. And I think Blizzard's handling of this has made them a soft, soft target. Yeah. They they came out with way too strong of a punishment, invited the world's ridicule. They backed off, which also says something about their softness. And now going forward, there's a very like, like you said, they lost control of the narrative. And once you give that to the internet, they're going to they're going to bash you around like you're in a washing machine. Yeah. They're going to test you at every corner, make sure like they'll find the, the weak points um, so I think what Blizzard's going to have to do, maybe they've already done it, is to have a summit with like every public-facing PR person in the entire company 
and say, these are our policies. This is how we talk about this. And no one's going to say anything different. Mm. Because if Hearthstone can go out there and do their thing and invite a problem on the whole company, now they need to just harden up and like make sure that everyone's got each other's backs. No one's out there like saying stuff that's a little off message to just really reinforce that Blizzard as a company has their shit together and they know what they're doing which has, it hasn't felt that way in a while. I think that they're probably actually happy about how this went down anyway. Like, I almost feel like for everyone in North America, it sucks. Well, globally, it sucks. But I feel like the Chinese portion is probably like, government's happy with us. Doesn't matter. That's where we make our money. We're all good. Um, and it is worth noting that Riot, who make League of Legends, uh, echoed a similar sentiment to And are owned Blizzard. by Tencent, I believe. Uh, they're a subsidi- subsidiary of Tencent? 100% owned okay. by a Chinese company. Uh, Riot says broadcasters from refrain from commenting or discussing sensitive topics on air uh, during a uh, league esports event, so it seems they feel similarly. But then Fortnite creator Epic, in oh, which damn. Tencent has also invested, but is not completely owned by Tencent, says it will not punish players for political speech. So I wonder if Riot is a result of, of Tencent, but they don't have enough control of an epic to make that call. That's what, I mean, Tim Sweeney said as much in the past. He's been like, Tencent is a 5% stakeholder, I believe, in, in epic games. But as long as Tim is... I think it's more than that. It's 40%. That's been misreported. Has it? I've seen 40 thrown around. It, I don't so think it's... Somewhere between wait, 5 no, and 40? Wait, no, it is. Wait, there is another This is an interaction that says, I'm interested in what Tim Sweeney epic has to say. His company is 40% owned by Tencent. After all, Tim Sweeney replied... You're 100 Yeah, I think it is... Oh, if... Who's five? I don't know. They're, uh, so you're right. You're right. It is 40. It's probably another 10 cent company. Must, probably. They, own everything. they just named it differently. Yeah. Still China. So yeah. Five cent. Ten, like back when people were mad about the Epic Game Store and accused it of being Chinese spyware. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Tim Sweeney was basically like, I still own the majority stake in this company and I get to declare everything myself because he's 51 or higher. Yeah. And he said, as long as I'm that, there will be no like under the date, under the table dealings with China. I'm sure they'll try to keep that for as long as they can. I can't yeah. imagine them changing anything. Until they edge him out. But he's he's been a, he's been in the game for a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, I think Fortnite would have to drop many balls before they, they come to ousting Tim Sweeney, what right? What still doing? Let me check Twitch. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. if Is Fortnite still on top right now? It's... Uh, it close. World, I mean, League of Legends actually has been... And WoW was for a while, but that seemed to drop off. It's starting off. to fade. But mm-hmm. League of Legends is routinely the number one spot these days. I heard Daisy is, is coming back. What? Mm, make <laughs> a resurgence. <laughs> we don't need that. Mm. We don't need that. <laughs> we need... Mm, Daisy Minecraft mods. Oh, okay. That's the real shit. Yeah. Twitch I, is loading really slowly. I tried to turn on all those Minecraft shaders last night. <laughs> I was like, I have a computer. <laughs> I'm going to run a 10-year-old game. It was running like 15 wow. frames per second because I turned on every shader. Nice. And I was like, cool. I'm but a gamer. awesome as hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> if I stood still. Right now, Cinematic. Modern Warfare is number one. Oh, okay. That makes right, sense. Right, right, right. Just Chatting is number two. Hey, Activision Blizzard back on top. I still have to play that. Yeah, true. Uh, and then League of Legends, which is at 134K, and Fortnite is at 97K. So, And Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Yeah. Good Man, for them. The Counter-Strike news is wild today. Yeah. What, the EA Valve stuff? Wait. I mean, that's cool. That's Steam. I'm, on, I'm just doing free association No, now. the fact <laughs> that Valve basically said, yeah, it turns out people are using the CSGO market as a 100% of money laundering service, it says, so we're shutting it down. Nearly all Counter-Strike microtransactions are being used for money laundering. That's, yeah, it's nuts. Awesome. Like that the is nice. the most cyberpunk thing in the world. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. People will buy and sell Counter-Strike goods to launder bad money. Oh, that's it awesome. It is 
awesome. It's like that one juice place in a strip mall in your hometown that you uh-huh. never saw anyone go t- into. Yeah. <laughs> it's still open. Yeah, it's yeah. still it's been open for seven shop. years. Like, yes. What do they do? No one's buying watches. There's just one guy standing there all day. Blue meth. You pull on his nose and then the bookshelf spins around. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Um, uh, so, that, yeah, that's why there were $5,000 knives, it turns out. <laughs> and yet again, like Val finding themselves just one hair's breadth removed from straight up illegal like money trading. Uh, again, I mean, and so much with Counter-Strike. Yeah. It, it and just keeps happening. What's the reception been like to this? Has Val, did Valve shut it down so quickly that everyone's like, all right. I saw some frustration. Yes, I think they've shut it down because they can't. you can't trade keys anymore, which sucks for people who are doing it innocently. But I think Valve shut it down immediately, right? Yes, they did. How are they coming away from this? Because they're like. Valve? Yeah, it's not them. So they're like, people Oops. did it. That kind of reminds me of what happened with Google, uh, Google Plus, right? That was the social media. Yeah, yeah uh, there existed, was like a security yeah. loophole that someone found in the midst of all the Cambridge Analytical stuff, and they're like, uh, "Hey, Google, there's this problem with your platform," and they went, "Ah, well, pull the plug," and then they Just shut it all down, thing. and and nobody said anything after yeah, that. Yeah, because no one was using it. No, well, yeah, I tried like to get everybody on board. I tried with to it. use yeah. it too. And then I used new MySpace in 2012 Ooh. with uh, rebooted by Miley Cyrus, Justin Timberlake, and Jimmy Fallon. It scrolled sideways. Figure out how to log in. I really wish I had access to that account. Scrolled sideways. I, well, that's not what it was. New.myspace.com. Which I wonder if they would have ever changed the URL. It's mostly for <laughs> music now, right? MySpace. Is it? Is Wasn't it still it always? kicking? I mean, I know they had banned pages. God, I just I loved how much you could customize a MySpace page. HTML. You could have a song autoplay. I never, yeah. I never had an old MySpace. I just tried to get on board with really? new MySpace. <laughs> okay, Boomer. Ouch. Whoa, wait. Hey, I just bought one of those shirts. MySpace can't be together. reached. Oh, did no. You try, did you try Connection new? Did you try no. new.myspace? Oh, my no. God. MySpace.zone? God, guys, these headlines are hitting too fast and too hard. I can't take it. <laughs> this whirlwind of news. What a what a shifting ground we're on. Oh, R.I.P. MySpace. Sorry, disregard. Oh, MySpace is back. Yeah. And apparently Jennifer Aniston is working on something with her friends cast members. When isn't she? On Wouldn't Instagram have known that post? if I hadn't gone on MySpace. So All the hottest and greatest are. news. Jennifer Aniston drinking smart water and using a vino product? Oh my God. <laughs> Today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> we do actually need to do uh, another ad read. So here is a word from our sponsor, Honey. Ever buy something online and then find out you could have gotten it for way less? That might be worse than microtransactions. Can you believe it? Not to mention once that happens, you feel like you could be overpaying every time you shop or every time you have shopped in the past and just losing tons of money you don't need to be losing. It's worse than being on an airplane full of landing clappers. It's worse than saying nice to meet you to someone you've met before. It's worse than calling your teacher mom. Luckily, I have Honey, the free browser extension that saves you time and money when shopping online. Honey scans the internet for coupon codes and other discounts. Then, like magic, it automatically applies the one with the biggest savings to your cart at checkout. It knows just about every coupon code sale or discount at over 20,000 sites like Amazon, Macy's, J.Crew, Domino's, Sephora, Target, and more. I actually personally saved enough money on some holiday decorations recently that I could buy another thing completely for free. Uh, it's pretty exciting to see those deals right in front of you and to think of what you could be missing out on if you aren't using it. Honey has found its 10 million users over a billion dollars in savings, and listen, there's really no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use and installs on your computer in just two clicks. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com dude. That's joinhoney.com dude. 
thank you, honey. And to wrap up our uh, <laughs> our Blizzard conversations, I'm going to ask you guys, what do you want from Blizzard? Are huh. you mad? What do you want them to do? How do, how do you want them to recover from this? What do they do going forward? What's the ideal? Release video games. You haven't yeah, released anything yeah, since video 2016. Video games. So th I think... I don't Release know Overcooked 2. Wait. <laughs> I think Blizzard to be on the Rubicon kind of like Valve. I, th I think... World of Warcraft was the greatest and worst thing that ever happened to them. It let them grow and grow and grow. They have tons of legacy employees that they treated very well, I think. This is just conjecture now. Um, they f it feels like they've had so much money for so long they don't remember how to be hungry and like make product anymore. Because mm. they haven't had to. Um, and all of the things that they've made have kind of languished over time. And then they've tried to squeeze blood, squeeze blood from stones. And it's pushed out their fan base even further. I just think it's like, let it die, <laughs> kind of. I mean, they're they're corporation. I think a lot of people remember them fondly from the early days when they made a lot of cool games with heart and a lot of personality. But all of that's just been smothered under corporate uh, influence, which it just happens. Um, so what I want is for Morheim, who left Blizzard, to found a new development studio, hire up all the old boys again, and make some cool, smaller games. A lot of people left recently, yes. right? Yes. A lot of people quietly left recently. Dustin Browder Huge left. David people. Kim, I think, left. Yeah. A lot of StarCraft guys left when when all those projects got canned. That, so I'll, the thing that could save it going forward for me is if Diablo 4 is like a brutally, like metal, violent, difficult, mechanically complex, roguelike-y game. Like, take it back. Make it really hard to win <laughs> and make it so you have to play well and understand the systems as opposed to Diablo 3, which is fun, but boy, the entire world just dies right in front of you as soon as you cough at it. Um, I do then, really like D3, but I agree. Yeah, I like D3 as well, but D3 is there, and it sold a million, jillion units, so I don't need another one of those, but I think that's what they're going to do, since yeah. Diablo 3 sold so well. Um, for Overwatch 2, a story mode would be cool, but I'm guessing it's more just like the PvE events that they've had from the updates. They're going to have like six or seven of those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're From the sounds of it, they're adding like a talent and item system, which I don't want at yeah. all. I thought Overwatch was complicated enough to be a good game and adding more to it is just kind of going down the MOBA territory. It gets kind of messy. Yeah, and it makes it harder for spectators to watch, I mm -hmm. think. So I'm, I don't know, Blizzard's always had an eye for like making complicated games enjoyable by the masses and I don't think that's gonna be dead with Overwatch 2, but to me it feels more like, it feels more like they just needed another retail product out there to raise brand awareness and to bring in more people to Overwatch League viewership. And it feels like that's what's driving the development and release of an Overwatch 2 rather than they had a really good idea for a sequel, yeah. but I, I'm willing to be proven wrong. I guess fundamentally, and a lot of people have asked for this, I would like them to get back to releasing original idea games with really cool concepts that come from a place of like, this is just a fun game to play mm -hmm. instead of focusing on the like monetization or the daily active users and all that stuff. Overwatch kind of felt that way again, which was pretty cool. I feel like that would almost require a company restructuring because the, so well, Activision Blizzard, True. Yeah. It was great. Uh, it's a partnering of those two companies, but the board is Activision. So the board of Activision Blizzard is still completely Activision, who I feel like are extremely microtransaction driven and daily users driven. And mm -hmm. they are one of the ones who cares about like the amount of hours you play versus how much you pay for a game. So they're like, if you play our game for 200 hours, you're only paying 60 bucks. That's not fair. Because their logic is if you pay $10 to see a movie, the amount of profit that theaters make for the hour 
than how much you spend that the video game industry should be the same. Yeah, good fucking luck. So they're right. like, if someone spends 200 hours playing Call of Duty, we should be getting money for the 200 hours, not a, for the base game. And I think such that's a such, comparison. such a shitty attitude. They have graphs where they're like, movie industry. Yeah, but you can TV pay $5 industry. for a soccer ball and play soccer for the rest of your damn life. Doesn't matter, not A game is not a movie. It's not It's not linear. linearly consumed. A good game you can play forever. Chess. They, then they can make money forever, Lawrence. Yeah, maybe this is their business. I get maybe it. Maybe this is the end of the game should be movies argument, which I is not hope. to say that they're cinematic. It's that they should be monetized like movies. Apparently. Awesome. Speaking of which, Modern Wolf is actually really good. I've heard that. Campaign's good. Oh, good. I'm into it. Um, How dare you? I know. How dare you I know. support China like that? I know. Such a gamer. Gosh. Thank you. Oh my God, I mean, thank you. I mean, they, I have their own gamer. Mini, they have their own mini controversy right now, too, <laughs> yep. of rewriting a war crime committed by American military. And it made it sound it like it Russian. was done by Russia. Which, I've only seen the byline. I haven't done any research or wiki which, diving on it at all. So well, yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole thing, is that they made it sound like a real war crime that was done by Russia, was done by the other way around, that was done by the U.S., was done by Russia, so that you would be like, oh, yeah, Russia's the bad guy but it's a real war crime and people are like, it's a video game, it's fiction. You're like, but it's not. This it's is a not, real yeah. thing that happened that they just swapped the bad guy on. Like, right. you can't. How, how do they, I wonder how much the, the United States government has like a say on that kind of stuff. I don't think it's any. No, because they do a lot of consultation with films and stuff. I think they, I know, because um, I went to an event for Modern Warfare, I know that they had like soldiers and SWAT consult on the game, but I don't think the government But not actually any. any yeah. All right. It's it's a little suspect. If they no. do, that's very concerning. Yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. Or if they're trying not to piss people off or something. I mean, I think you can. There are there are some rules about what you can and can't say. You can't it's make fine. a death a death threat on the president of the United States. That is a crime. But I would never. I'm, yeah. Who would? Hmm. I couldn't dream of it. But I do think you're allowed. You can misrepresent. So you can't history. say you're going to kill the president. No, you shouldn't say Not that. A, no, you can't. Huh. Uh, the Secret Service will give you a very stern call. Wow. Is my understanding. Hey, we talked Not about this. Not that I've this. done it. Um, but I haven't either. That feels like a like a Hail Mary situation when now that I know that I can't say it, I want to say it. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a real American spirit right there, Alana. You <gasps> Hail Mary, it. mother of God. Sense of me. <laughs> Is that the test? Like, it's yeah. like you get your green card? <laughs> or your visa? Do you want to... I shouldn't joke about it. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Uh, what was, oh Activision, yeah, rewriting Duty, history. Yeah, revision. Ah, uh, so and and there's some other weirdness about it too. How it is? It is the United States and it is Russia, but it's not Syria. That like that's the one that they changed, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, it's. I don't. I don't care that much about that controversy because it is for narrative purposes. Like I think it's like a wow, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but I'm not like wow, cancel the video game. And yeah, how would it make it a better video game to be like you're an American soldier? By the way, I guess we bombed some civilians. Anyway, go out there and shoot the it bad man. It would mans. probably be more complicated to write it in a way that would still keep you sympathetic yeah. with the U.S. side who you're playing in. So I feel like that's just on for narrative purposes to make you like agree mm -hmm. that Russia is the bad guy. It, it would have been more impressive if they had stayed true and written around it. Because, I, I mean, that's why Spec Ops is so good. <laughs> make it challenging. Like, cool. make me like be like, ooh, war is bad. How do I feel about what I'm doing? But Even they're like, Modern nah. Warfare in the past. <laughs> has True. asked those difficult questions. Yeah. Mm, well, well it's, it's not. I mean, the no Russian level is about as difficult as it gets, which is, for the sake of being undercover, do you want to mow down civilians? And yes. It sure yeah. is kind of like a sociopathic so honeypot for question. people who just can't wait to unload on an airport. But yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, the thing that I've come to embrace is, is sometimes those difficult questions and those vaulted concepts aren't what games like that are for. If, if it's Call of Duty Modern Warfare, it's trying to be a widely palatable, 
somewhat, but not too much, uh, challenging sort of product to get people talking, but not enough to actually make them think. You're right. I'd you prefer know. it challenge me, but I don't think that that game has to do that by any means. I agree. You're all right, mate. Um, <laughs> Connor, what do you want? Uh, what just do in I general. Want? Just, a, just a hot cup of tea and a yeah. nice book. A hat what with a bill that doesn't uh, cast a big I shadow. I like chai. Mm. If I had, but I've been drinking a lot of coffee lately. What do I want for Activision Blizzard? Yes. Oh, interesting question. No, I um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what BlizzCon is going to look like. I don't think it's going to be a disaster. I think it's going to be a lot on the uh, fringes or the outside. I don't think anyone's going to run on stage and grab the microphone as much as the chaos in my heart wants that to happen. I expect if they do any Q and A's that we will have meme lords. Yeah, throwing I, a lot of shade. I don't at think them they are for fun. They announced. I think they said they're not right. They're you can submit questions. They will screen and then read themselves because I know this somewhat firsthand. The retro guy from last year, he had to submit his question, so he lied about his question and then said a different one on mic. Right. Which he's the hero of the internet, but also kind of a dick move. Um, yeah. Based on that, not on Hong Kong, they already changed the Q and A process. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, as for what I want for Blizzard in general, it's they're in the position where they're the games they have coming up are so far out that the can has been kicked down the road, so I don't think we're going to really know. But, I mean... You've been working on D4 for a while. I don't know that that game's that far away. I guess it's not immediate, right? Probably not. No so, probably not this weekend. Available today. I don't I mean, think so, but I don't think it's that far off. That's the big question mark, though. There's no release date. And, and who knows if we're going to get one at BlizzCon. We True. should, right? I think so. It's got to be like 2020, right? I think right? I think they kind of have to. Like the, the only reason they wouldn't is that they've never shown anything for the game, let alone really acknowledged it. So, which could definitely work in their favor this weekend of all weekends. Well, they'll show a trailer and then, which I believe they were originally going to show last year and then got pulled if I remember correctly. But um, we'll see something. But it, it would be weird to have the them the public have forced their hand to be like trailer and release date now. But I mean, they yeah. they could. That'd be pretty great. That would be nice. I, I haven't played any of the Diablo games, so I don't really have a, a dog in this race. But um, I don't know. I'm just curious to see what happens with this because these are like two huge swings of the IP they have really in the chamber. Uh, and if that doesn't work out for them between Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4, I don't know, would they go into splinter any teams into smaller productions? Would they publish anything I think from they the had party? teams working on smaller productions earlier in the year that then got canceled. Cool. So I don't know that we're doing that. Okay. Yeah. So, fun. <laughs> That's what I would have liked to have seen. Mm. Original uh, stuff? Yeah, but maybe not like an event or an experience like Overwatch. Like, just put out a game. Yeah. Uh, well, War 3 Reforged, another remake, but theoretically that's the SKU they're going to release. Um, yeah, cool. Cool down time has arrived. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm... I'm not saying what I want so much as I'm curious what this to see what happens if their original IP that's teed up to continue with their trajectory that they wanted to keep of being a very successful AAA game maker doesn't work out. Like, yeah, what do they do? Does Activision I'm extremely curious about what's going to happen? Step in even more? Yeah, I think probably more layoffs. Um, they've hired up so much, so yeah, if they have to trim staff to match their revenue levels to the degree that Activision's happy with, that makes sense, right? Um, yeah, I. I'm trying to think of what's happened to other Activision teams that that slip under the performance cutoff. I mean, their their roster of Call of Duty devs um, has been pretty stable despite the series sort of plateauing in performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, they had they stopped making Transformers games, but maybe they just lost the license. And then wait, aren't they making another one right now? Oh, they might be in that. Never mind. Uh, Who's making that? that. Beanox got moved to from doing Transformers to ch- pinch hitting on. They'll probably just get absorbed into like the whole developer ecosystem of Activision because I know they like to share development resources a lot. Every Call of Duty is made by like three studios. Right. Because it's like three games basically. Then that makes sense that they would just kind of maybe cannibalize them a little bit and absorb them in. Yeah. The the division, at least in the Morheim era, the division between Blizzard and Activision was always extremely stark. And that was, I think, his doing. He wanted to make sure that Blizzard was still Blizzard even though they, they merged or got acquired. I mean, he made them put the name of the company uh, in, the, yeah. in it after all. So... Yeah, I don't know what the long, slow death of Blizzard looks like, but it would be interesting to watch. And I can say that as an impartial observer. If you work for Activision Blizzard, we, I want to say on hand at least that I want nothing but the best for people who make games because I really love games. Yeah. So And Blizzard has a history of making good games. It just mm-hmm. got rough recently. Like, I almost want them to pull up Bungie. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But they're just like, oh, and we're out. And take like, more Chinese cool. money. Well, presuming that Activision is the problem, I think it's more just an internal. It's, it feels more internal at Blizzard. Yeah, that that having a new GM and Mikey Barra might help because he would have to go in and I think just like probably trim a lot of jobs. Yep. Probably just to get people lean and hungry again. Um, and I don't like talking about people's jobs and livelihoods like it is just something that needs to be cut out of cut out of a business op. But sometimes it is, especially after you've scaled up super super fast. Well, at this point it's not fast, but yeah. man. <sighs> The World of Warcraft sub numbers were what 15 million, I think, in the late 2000s, that and now it's right. now it's under two million. Yeah, uh, who knows what it's like post classic? That surely brought some people back, probably for a moment. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know how man. long that had lost. Yeah, I mean that can't be a like a full rejuvenation. Probably right? not. It's just like a bump in the graph mm-hmm. at a certain point. So you're you know if you scaled up to operate with that level of revenue, and that revenue is just kind of bled away so over the last so much decade, revenue too. I mean, People a lot of it might still be the, in the bank, oh, but... I would think so. I, I feel like they had so. so much money there that they must have saved a bunch of it. WoW was so profitable. But it might nuts. it might be running out, which is why they're canceling just like yeah. Blue Sky, like just cram 10 people into a room with a dry erase board and let them design a game kind of thing. I feel like Overwatch has got to be earning them a lot of money, you know, though. Like, I would think those cosmetics get them a fair amount of cash. And it still has a pretty high player base. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Doesn't it? It's know. not as high I as it was, but I think it's still pretty know. good. I'm just asking I questions believe. here. <laughs> I'm just asking questions. Debate me. Why don't we eat the beef? <laughs> Why don't we? They're, that's when they're maximally nutritious. Hey, just asking questions. I thought we were in America. I'm not going to uh, stop you. I'm going to let you just <laughs> peter out. Buy some flags? <laughs> yeah. Who wants outrageously expensive wouldn't, packs of miniature again, Hong Kong flags? Wouldn't it be awesome if they brought the protest? If they bought the wrong flag. very funny. Yeah, <laughs> but if they like open it and it's like a bunch of like Dominican Republic flags, it's or, a like, Chinese Sweden. flag instead of a Hong Kong oh, flag. Yeah, that would be what gets even better is great. if no one knows. Like no one mm. even Googles it. They're just like, oh, yeah, they're here. just swinging we around their the flag flags. from Hungary, <laughs> yelling "Liberate Hong Kong." <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm on board with it. <laughs> it sounds good. All right. I, I am curious, curious to death more than more than to see like. Bl- sorry, that was very accusatory. <laughs> I am curious. I'm Anna. not curious. I'm sorry. One of my favorite things is is when there is a lot of enthusiasm, genuine enthusiasm for something, and they want to stage a protest, but no one in the group wants to like do the boring thing of mm. calling the convention center, coordinating with staff, and setting up boundaries and barriers. There and, isn't an indication so they that they up. have done that. They all I know right now is that they have a petition. They I'm, want people to tweet at game companies. They want people to spread the word, and they have a Discord. Event planning sucks. Sucks. So that's, to me, like, you want to talk about making a decision with with no overhead. 
doing a protest requires someone, probably many people, to coordinate events, to communicate to people, to say, this is where we're meeting, to, to like post a map with a big thing circled and parking instructions and like yeah. have snacks and water ready and all of this stuff. But I doubt... I, I mean, you could they just end may, up with they, people loosely it, milling around. It says they like they have a partnership with a, a company called Gamers for Freedom, Fight for the Future. Is it a n- l- number four or letter four? F-O-R. Damn it. I know. It does sound legit. Um, but, it, I mean, this also says, this is on the R protest BlizzCon uh, Reddit. It does say they have a whole their goal is to make these protests as big as possible. I so... I don't know what the plan is. Here. I think they were getting made fun of on an Orange County subreddit. They were. Yeah. There so was maybe a, they maybe they migrated. <laughs> they they talked about yeah protest, protesting at Blizzard's gates just outside of the campus, just at the gates. And yeah, some OC residents were like, "What? What? What? Go to a Chinese embassy, you idiots! Yeah. <laughs> Why <laughs> on a Thursday a morning?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this comment. There's someone on the subreddit who said. Uh, protesting at BlizzCon means much more than protesting against Blizzard's recent actions. It will bring a big message to many entertainment industries that customers and audiences are tired of contents being censored. I'm like, oh, is that why you're protesting? Yeah, that's the that's fun part. That's a different like, thing. Is this about you or is this about Hong Kong? In addition to communicating, like, somebody shows up, yeah, give me my flag. It's time we have sex with kids. And yeah. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> well, that's what we are protesting for, free speech, right? I mean, oh, well. yes, but... <laughs> Uh, not that. Not that. <laughs> Why aren't the X-Men in the Avengers yet? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you're here. Don't I'm being censored. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, uh, uh, are you? Sure, grab a flag. <laughs> it's just a warm body. <laughs> we need more people. That's the goal. Yeah. Grab a flag. We got we to gotta stick it to those massive media corporations whose entertainment products we consume on a daily basis and from a large portion of us use it to fund our livelihoods. Fuck them. Why isn't Robert Downey Jr. getting nominated for an Oscar? <laughs> Well, oh, no, it's fine. You have a flag. <laughs> Waving a giant nine-foot Hong Kong flag. <laughs> uh, he brought the biggest flag. 20 minutes into painting, he's like, God, fucking Robert Downey oh, Jr. Lord, so many Robert letters Downey in his name. <laughs> it's Robert Downey and the juniors curving off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Downey uh, <laughs> Robert, <laughs> please prove me wrong. I hope that your, I hope that your protest is excellently planned. <laughs> They couldn't fit Robert, so they wrote Bob instead. <laughs> like, Bob, Bob, Bob Downey. Bob D. Jr. Bob DJ. BDJ. Who the hell is that? Robert Downey Jr. Bob for Oscar. Don't you support Hong Kong? It's <laughs> 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 like kicking up a giant, like uh, knocking over cosplayers and blowing stupid. off wings and stuff. <laughs> it just blocks the doors to the convention. <laughs> Uh, this is an interesting comment. Someone said, wish you would all focus your efforts elsewhere rather than ruining a good, clean, fun Blizzard's fan seek at this oh, event, which is God. kind of interesting. So you talk about like people getting over it. That will happen at BlizzCon. Somebody's going to say something, and someone else is going to be like, dude, just let it go. Mm. I guarantee you that moment will happen where half of the audience just wants to play video games suddenly like gets over it, and then they start pressuring the other half to shut up about the Hong Kong stuff because yeah. they just want to see video It's going to be an interesting... Are you going? Yes. I am not going. Disclosure, my I awesome girlfriend works go. for Blizzard, so I get to go. Be an interesting one. I'll, I'll, I'll be your guerrilla reporter. I will also be there. Man on the street. Yeah, Connor and Patrick are going to be there, too. You guys should film some stuff. Boys, boys, boys. We will they be, are. but for someone else. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good job. <laughs> yep, um, all right. Bus. I need to <laughs> jump into our next sponsorship. Fleur makes great smelling, non-toxic perfumes. Unlike other fragrance companies, they're transparent and tell you every ingredient in their perfumes and why it's there. You get a good scent made with clean ingredients and the sample process is honestly pretty fun. 
There's also something just really great about the amount of variety Fleur offers with their scents. You know how different scents can smell different on different people? They basically have different grades for their scents. Like I really like Hanami, which is a really minimalistic scent that's sort of like aquatic, a little bit floral. Uh, it works for something like going to the office where you don't want anything too overwhelming, for example. But there are plenty more options where that came from. So if you want to start smelling nice and smelling more like you, Go to flow.com slash dudesoup today to check out our curated sample set and get 20% off your first custom Fleur sample set. That's flow.com slash dudesoup to get your first three Fleur fragrances samples at 20% off. P-H-L-U-R.com slash dudesoup. And thank you to Fleur for sponsoring this week's episode of Dude Soup. Um, I, moving on from BlizzCon really quick, we've got about 10 minutes. BlizzConner. Um, <coughs> Dude! <laughs> This is your year, bud. All right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I hated that. I'm gonna I'm gonna it. say that and I didn't only like that. It. I didn't we're gonna like have it to develop all. a series of language where we like communicate through tone because that's gonna be the only thing I say <laughs> to leaving. you at BlizzCon. Um, so I sort of intentionally quoted Kotaku it's earlier in this episode because yeah. there's some stuff going on at Kotaku right now, which by the time that this is live, may be out of date because it's kind of happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, basically, their website recently had an insane amount of really intrusive ads, just tons and tons of ads. So the editorial team banded together to write a post about how to contact the private equity owner management team to request them to remove some of those ads, or at the very least, like, tell them how much you hate the ads. So basically, this is an editorial outlet being like, contact the team who pays for the, gives us jobs and get mad at them. This is nuts. It's like such a ballsy thing to do. But of course, Kotaku has a union. I feel like they're just... They've always been very, uh, I don't know. Vocal? Forward? They've been like... I want to say they they just do a good job of supporting themselves. They stand up for themselves pretty aggressively. The pack is strong, and I appreciate that. They definitely get each other's backs a lot. Across all of Gizmodo, it seems. Well, not formerly formerly Gizmodo. Yes. I think they also have uh, better um, like entry position salaries than most other games companies. Mm -hmm. Stances against overtime, like all of that stuff happens a lot in games media as well as games journalism. I mean, as well as the games industry. I just feel like nobody really talks about it when it comes to media because you're like, you just fucking play video games all day, so it doesn't matter. But there is a like huge, huge problems with people being underpaid. Well, it's and also people willing to knock down the doors to work for free to do those jobs. So there is an element of like Kotaku intentionally hires less people to treat the people they do hire right. That's true. Which, you know, cuts, but I'm sure there are hundreds of people that would love to write for subhuman wages and work very long hours to get their work on Kotaku, but Kotaku says no. That is we true. respect people. Yeah, we Ugh. don't want to treat you like slaves. Uh, okay, so they their post said, we've received a great deal of feedback from you, our readers, about the sound on autoplay videos that have been inundating our sites, which does sound really awful. It sounds awful. It has been. Yeah. Uh, we want you to know that we hear you, that we take those complaints seriously, and that we, the writers, editors, and video producers of Kotaku, are as upset with the current state of our site's user experience as you are. Uh, we think it's important to let you know that the editorial staff does not control the ad experience on the site and that we understand that Kotaku is nothing without its readers, so your complaints are our complaints. And then they go on to tell people to submit feedback to GNO, uh, who they have already spoken to. So some of the responses to this were like, this is really disrespectful of you, Kotaku. It sounds like they they have raised these concerns with the GNO media uh, leadership team. They were ignored, so now they're trying to get the help of the community which I think is just ballsy as hell. Um, but then Jason Shreya tweeted a little while after that was posted saying, this article is no longer up. The staff of Kotaku did not remove it. So mm-hmm. it seems like their owners took down the post 
where they were pretty innocently saying, like, it's, it's, I mean, it's aggressive, but it's not, they're not. It's well, just I, exposing the chain of command. I, yeah. yeah. I think and then a, also that's in violation of their contractual agreement with their private equity holder, right? I think it's important to. Yeah, he tweeted the clause that says that the, the editorial team has exclusive ri- editorial rights. I'm so sorry. I no, no, on. you're fine. That they have exclusive editorial rights about what gets posted and when. So if the owners came in and deleted it, that would be in violation of their contract. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's important to note that Kotaku did not throw the first stone. That mm. this has been, uh, the, I've been following this on Twitter for a little bit. A lot has been happening over at Deadspin in yes. the same media family. Uh, today, one of the long, I think <laughs> longest tenured writers was fired. <laughs> Barry, Barry Patechki? It's at Barry on Pechki. Twitter. He's very uh, lucky to get that handle. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. At Connor is Good just sitting there, not tweeting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's been, because there's been a whole thing about like telling uh, Deadspin to stick to sports, and then they sent some like weird email once they took over the company, the, the, the equity firm, and they were like, you have to be in at nine to five, business casual, and like they tried, tried like imp- uh, impressing all these like, it, basically, the management team came in and they decided we're going to run things our way, completely ignoring the profitable, well-run organization that already existed. So Kotaku now and its sister sites have been putting up with this blatant mistreatment from a company that does not understand, it seems, mm-hmm. uh, online journalism and media. And now the ads were just the next step in this firm, just completely screwing over the readership yeah. that is keeping the companies afloat. Yeah, it seems like a lot of ongoing issues with the whoever's the leader of yeah. this arm. And they have a history of running companies into the ground, apparently, <laughs> in bad workplaces. Yikes. Well, thankfully Kotaku does have a union, uh, GMG. Do you want do you reckon that might be part of the strategy though? Of just like trying to push everyone out so you can just liquidate it and move on if you don't want to keep running something? Potentially. Maybe they're trying to pick fights. I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe they're mean, trying to launder some money for some Counter-Strike. Maybe. <laughs> Trying to buy some knives, like, maybe. Like, with the amount of ads they do run, because it is a lot, Kotaku is profitable. It's just that it's gotten to a point where, and I, I can't even imagine how the editorial team there feels. It's like, instead of using the ads to fund the journalism, it's basically that the journalism is just fodder for the ads. Like, it's not, we sell ads so we can pay you to write good things, which I guess doesn't happen that much anymore anyway, but it feels a lot more like, yeah, you can write some stuff so that we have some stuff to fill yeah. out what the ads are there for. Like it's a, it's a, it's become an ad first website, not a journalism first website, which of course the editorial team would not agree with. It's pretty nuts. No, it's it's that cynical take on content that we've seen more and more of. There's an actual quote of Jeff Bezos saying, "The better a TV show we make, the more shoes we sell." Wow. Talking about Amazon Prime Video, which nuts. you know when you hear that, it's like, ah, hmm. well, I guess I'll keep watching Miss Maisel, but. I won't be happy about it. Yeah. Yeah, right? It's like, you know, the showrunners and the writers and the actors care about this art they're producing, much like the staff at Kotaku. But um, when it's seen as just a means to an end for the people that are employing you, it's not employing with quotes, employing you. (laughs) Literally Um, employing you. Yeah. uh, Gainfully employed through the media group. It's, uh, I don't know, that's a really, you know, terrible position to be put in. I mean, they're... The only time anyone pays for art to exist for art's sake are like endowments from the government. Yeah. Aside from that, from any private company, art is always commercial. It's a means to an end. That's true. Yeah. To grab somebody's eyeballs so you can market to them or to... But it has to be a balance of respect and profit. Yeah, it does. that's the ideal. You can't just push the gas. I mean, that's the microtransaction thing. Yeah. Every organization I've ever seen, and I'm, I'm not super experienced, but it's always that that exact spectrum of like, at the top, it's all purely mechanical and art is a product writing is a product, 
everything is just there to push ads and make money. Like that's you're looking at it as a sausage factory up. And then on the other side of the spectrum are the people who actually create it every day, mm-hmm. and they have value in what they do and believe that there's like cultural significance to their work. And yeah, it just seems to be like an even transition. You as you go up the as you get more removed from the actual production of the content, you start to see it more as a commodity or a, a unit to be traded against. And it just seems to get more extreme the further away you get. Yeah. So to a degree, that organization is kind of efficient. The people who care most about it are the ones making it. And the people who care least about it are the ones making the cold, inhuman, sometimes aggravating decisions about how to place it or monetize it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like yeah. anyone involved here is not doing their job. Hmm. Because they are. They're all just doing their jobs. But I'm still very much on the side of Kotaku. Uh, so the union GMG tweeted saying, the GMG union has been informed that posts across our websites asking for Rita feedback on an autoplay ad campaign were taken down by management. We condemn this action in the strongest possible terms. We're reposting the statement as a screenshot here as we gather more information. We thank you, our readers and supporters, for standing with us through this process. And then, yeah, the Deadspin guy got fired. Um, the GMO's response to that was, this will not stand. We will have updates soon. Barry tweeted, hi, I've just been fired from Deadspin for not sticking to sports. Yep, very And candid. then Jason Schreier tweeted today, I don't know what's going to happen next, but to everyone who has read and supported our work at Kotaku over the years, thank you. And then since we've been live, Stephen Totillo, who is the editor-in-chief of Kotaku, tweeted saying, another tough day at the office. I've steered Kotaku through some rough waters before, thanks to my amazing team. Can I do it again? We'll see. We all love the site and the family of sites we're in and are extremely motivated to do right by our readers and viewers. So... Could be the end of Kotaku. We I, have no that idea. Would be, yeah, that would be the end of an era for sure. Absolutely. Especially after all they went through with Gawker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to end like this, I mean, I Hulk guess you well could see that. Geo or Go Media, however it's pronounced. They could, it wouldn't go well for them, but they could sack everyone and just bring in like a freelancer and some interns mm-hmm. and keep it running. They could. It's very succession-y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, have, I have no idea. Um, yeah. Like I said, this might be out of date by the time this goes live on YouTube on Thursday. So we'll see. Um, yeah. I feel like they will probably be fine, but there's going to be some major internal issues for them right now. It's it's pretty nuts. Like to see someone taking a stand against their corporate overlords like this, especially when it's media is, is just crazy to see. Um, and I know there are a lot of people who don't like Kotaku because of their political pieces oh, and yeah. stuff. SJWs. I've seen Pretty much. some celebratory threads on, on 4chan and Reddit. Cool. I, I, Which I, is real I, shit, considering that they do a lot of legitimately good games coverage and break a lot of really cool stories and yeah. especially give visibility to a lot of human issues inside of game dev. Yeah. It's great resource for gaming journalism. It's, it's like, also just yeah, a case of like with them, you know, there are always... I guess games media less so, but there are always going to be media outlets that are on either side of politics, and I feel like that's valuable. Like, I would prefer to have a right-wing outlet and a left-wing outlet, and I feel like Kotaku is, of the popular ones, the most left. Like, IGN's effectively apolitical. They don't really say anything political at all. Um, I, I feel like there is value in having diverse political views, even if you don't like them, then you just don't read those ones, and I think that that's fine. I would prefer that than Kotaku dies, which would be a huge bummer. Um, be interesting to see what would happen to, to Shreya and, and the team of people there who have all been there for a really long time, though. Hopefully like, launch a Patreon and start their own start their own IP. It feels like that should be the case yeah. for a lot of these. Like, it feels yeah. like... There was the Game Informer people who just launched, what is it, MinMax? Yeah. Another, oh, yeah. I, the thing that scares me, and, and this is thinking too many steps ahead, but how many crowdfunded brands can games media fans support? Don't know. Because, yeah, Kind of Funny got in pretty early. Yeah, I think um, they were probably the first. Uh-huh. Yeah, one of the first for sure. Uh, like Mega64 has kind of been there for a long True. time. Mm-hmm. 
I hope it doesn't get too many. Um, because the, the crazy thing is, is when you have to rely on audience numbers to support you, it does change the direction and intent of what you do. Yeah. Um, because people vote with their eyeballs and you have to make content that appeals to the most people. So you stop seeing stories about like this poor beleaguered indie dev who got fucked over by a large corporation. Actually, yeah. that narrative tends to play pretty well with our audience. <laughs> True. But uh, there are more important stories that deserve to be told and can affect real and positive change. Yeah. That just people's eyeballs in mass can't support happening. Uh, mainstream publications are <laughs> very important to have to offset the splintered publications that are ostensibly made to please their audience. Not that they're like compromised by it, but you know, like you're saying, it's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> What's wild about this is dust ups like that, um, this one's visible, but having having been in media, and I don't know, maybe you guys can attest to this too. Media? Yeah, media. <laughs> you can't spell media without me mead. and I. Mead. True. <laughs> Honey wine. Without med. Uh, Meds. There are, nice. there are, there are conflicts and sh- shouting matches, strongly worded emails that parallel what we're seeing right now. It's just never seen. So I've, I've been in discussions that have this, this tenor of conflict, but no yeah, one's ever known about Yeah, usually people don't them. see them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't doubt that Kotaku has been fighting this fight silently for Not a, a long time. Not at Rooster I should make that clear. Sorry. I didn't mean to say. I, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I just realized no, something could breed bad. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, Smart. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Kotaku's probably been fighting this fight for a long time. And so. it just now is becoming public because they feel like they have to make it public because it's gotten to that point. I do think a, a management company, I don't really know what they call their parent company, deleting something that they posted is insane. They, <laughs> it's yeah. nuts. They've been doing a lot of stuff like that. Such a like bad that. precedent. Like that, uh, I don't remember if we were live or not, but that poll that went up and I keep bringing up oh, Deadspin, yeah. but we that's went, been we where it's yeah. been most like bone on bone, no cartilage. So they like posted a poll that was like deliberately phrased in a way that would pr- make it look bad for the publication because all the answers were positive. But the question was like, what do you like least about the coverage here? Uh, and they didn't run it by editorial at all. Hmm. It was just management just posted it on there, and that was before all the ads. And so, that was what was the purpose of that? Uh, to try to I, get that was them in the to whole like they, didn't want, they only want sports. Yes, that was basically like their uh, the whole like idea of we need some adults in the room is their kind of whole ethos when it comes to stepping in. And I think that was kind of a precursor to like stop talking about political stuff for a sports page, mm. which. Uh, I mean, just they're not. not. A great Deadspin's way to treat great writers. for just having, and Kotaku too. Like, there's a an incredible uh, article. I can't remember the, who wrote it, but it was he reviewed a snake being in his house, <laughs> like it was a game. Amazing. Sounds like a Kirk Hamilton joint, maybe. Uh, no, I think it was. Um, oh shoot, I feel terrible. I see snake in my house. A review. Review Tim Kotaku. It wasn't Tim Rogers, no. Also, Finding man, a snake in your house, the Kotaku review. It's pretty good, but that's not something I think you would Zach's see in a game. Wizen. Like, oh. if we see a future where it's like, stick to games, Kotaku. I mean... Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely get out of the comfort zone quite a bit. But Yeah. It, I think they've always had, and, and maybe this is to Schreier's credit, they've always had a strong... Even if they're posting not about games, it is it is always in the wheelhouse of, like, games and certainly Japanese It's for that uh, audience, yeah. And yeah. And, um, yeah, the stick to games thing, man, whatever. Such a dumb phrase. IGN got that while I was working there, even though they had been an entertainment website and it's called IGN Entertainment for like 12 years. Yeah. They'd be like, you don't talk about video games anymore. Uh, We've spoken about movies and TV for a decade. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you guys want to hear about them, right? Yeah, you like these, apparently. We just put Game of Thrones in the title and it does better than anything else we say. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Um, All right, before we wrap up the show, we have to hear from our next sponsor, 
Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon's mission is simple, to make sure all your basics and beyond are smartly designed and shopping for them is easy and convenient. They founded Mac Weldon because they wanted to make more out of their basics and always questioned how something so essential could be such a pain in the butt to buy. The frustration was real and the eureka moment happened in a department store aisle full of brands that dominated our top drawer. So, Mac Weldon started from scratch to engineer and craft their own fabric with a great fit, world-class customer experience, and what they define as perfection. Mack Weldon is better and more comfortable than what you're wearing right now, thanks to smart design and premium fabrics with also just really simple shopping. It's Check out the website. They have a really clean and easy to navigate site. Uh, it's actually kind of fun to look around, easy to pick what you want and get it sent your way with no hassle. They also just have really comfortable stuff, seriously. Not just the underwear. The socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants are the best you'll ever wear. Some of them are antimicrobial, so they stop you from smelling, which is obviously great. And they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it, and they will still refund you. No questions asked. So for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code DUDESOUP. That's 20% off your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code DUDESOUP. Thank you, Mac Weldon. Uh, apparently, Lawrence is maybe wearing some Mac maybe. Weldon. So, are you comfy? That's how Shift you know. Around, see how you I'm feel. pretty comfy. Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> yep. huh. um, so, I just wanted to wrap up the show super quick because I think we've not maybe just been going for an hour. What do There's you want? microbes of some sort. They're either, they're either in there or they aren't. They aren't. Should I leave? You guys can talk about your yeah, own micro talk. Nice. Hmm. Uh, I just wanted to ask there are a lot of games out right now that are really good. What have you guys been playing? I'm obsessed with the uh, Outer Worlds. So. I just started last night. I wanted to play all weekend, but I literally just built my PC last night. Nice. So I was waiting. Thank you, Omar. You're welcome. Nice. <laughs> for helping me a lot. Uh, yeah, no, it's, I'm playing as a kind of a dick. Uh-huh. Which it's, it's liberating, I, isn't I'm it? I'm only in the first couple minutes, but I'm always nice in RPGs. And so I'm excited to see that through. Interesting. I mean, it's a tough game. There are a lot of really tough decisions to make that screw up people no matter what. No, I'm really good at video games. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's chill. No, I already can feel that, but I've given myself the license to like, I let that person at the very beginning, like when they're like, there's marauders down there. I'm like, well, you should take care of that. And then they run in and get killed. Oh, I <laughs> did that too, but they didn't get killed. Oh, they got murdered. <laughs> and then I but went in and looted their, their bodies. Yeah, yeah. Wow, they like, totally lived for me. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Huh. Well, I didn't shoot at the Marauders. I ran in and spent a lot of time meleeing one, which may have given the other one. I just time stood to up there and watched it. I was like, "Oh, go on with your bad selves." Well, no, they killed the the, wow. the people, which I was like, "Oh, that's maybe nuts. I'm rude. Maybe that's who I am now." It doesn't suit you at all, but have <laughs> yeah. fun. Do you find it difficult to continue? Aren't I a bad boy? <laughs> At uh, one point, I'm gonna have to like bake in a redemption arc for my character who mm-hmm. like cares about like one small thing of life, which I'll extrapolate into yeah. being a good person. Maybe like some romance or something will lead him into the light side. Uh, no, I don't think she's the romantic type. Got it. She's a little uh-huh. older, t- elevator technician aptitude. Excellent. Yeah, old women hate love. <laughs> That's saying that. <laughs> saying this one does. <laughs> Um, yeah, I really love the Outer Worlds. I think it's, I've, I've been more obsessed with it than anything else that I've played all year. I can't stop thinking about it. I want to play it all the time. Yeah. Uh, but I did also play Modern Warfare Campaign, a chunk of that, really like it, and a bunch of After Party, which I also really like. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. out today. That is out today. Yeah. On all Game good Pass. games. We also have Death Stranding, but are not allowed to talk about it. Lawrence has been playing it, as have I. That is all we're allowed to say. I can talk about it because I haven't played it. What do you think about Death Stranding? Connor? Give well, us a review. So far, see if you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I found Death Stranding in my house. Um, well, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm 
Just making jokes over here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Blizz Connor. Connor. You go. Remember? Connor. Classic Blizz Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is my brim shadow severe? <laughs> oh, look good. <laughs> that uh, was also before we were live, oops. so that's a joke for us. You look like a gumshoe. I, uh, yeah, I've, I've been grinding on Death Stranding. A review coming to Inside Gaming on Friday. Yeah. Uh, so look forward to that. Um, but yeah, I've been putting in the time. It's been a while since I've had to just really knuckle in and play a game nonstop. The, the, the downside is I have nothing to say about it at this <laughs> juncture. Um, mm-hmm. Not allowed. Nope. Uh, aside from that, I've been trying to trying to play destiny 2 with the boys i want to do that raid Ooh, that new halloween event is great halloween event is up yeah, yeah. get a big old shiny gun for me maybe I'm get not, that light level boosting up i'm not raid ready but i can play on pc now that's good that's very that's very good yeah uh, cross safe, also got so. that cross safe yeah mm-hmm. you're into it play on whatever you want dog uh gosh, hell yeah dog else? play whatever you want whatever i'm you really want, excited dog. to start out of worlds like fallout 1 and 2 are some of my favorite RPGs it's very good era. so now that now that now that those boys are back the Obsidian Dogs are off the chain. Tim Kaine, the thug, Tim Kaine, the vice presidential nominee. No, the other Tim Kaine, the guy who made Arcanum of Matt Steamworks and Magic Obscura. I don't remember the world's first steampunk game and last. Thank God, but that game was actually pretty good. yes, a game a game about steampunk that I still that I liked. It should tell you what it. Wow, how good it is. I think he also did Vampire the Masquerade back in the day. Oh, okay. So, yeah, pretty legit uh, RPG crafter. Also did some work on The Old Republic, I think. Really early days, maybe? Maybe Firefall? I don't remember. Anyway. I don't, I don't know. Just, so I'm excited to start that. I just that. saw there's another Kotaku-related update. Sort of. This is a... Uh, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> breaking news. This is about an hour ago. Um, a Another investigative journalist from Deadspin has quit. Uh, Diana Moskovics. Um, she said, what happened today and everything that preceded it are the, among the reasons that I decided to move on. Wow. So people be quitting now. It's pretty bad over there. Yeah. Yeah, I figure, unless the, unless they figure it out, there's probably a strike on the horizon. Yeah, that seems about right. Kotaku, the doors will close. Oh, man. Where will people get their car news from if not Jalopnik? <laughs> I, w- <laughs> <laughs> I read it. <laughs> I, I can I can see a world, Connor, kind of like what you're saying, is that the Kotaku staff goes on strike. Uh, GNO like puts out an open casting call and just swipes up a ton of garbage bloggers. They oh, start, they'll scab it up. Yeah, they start. They hire a bunch of scabs. Uh, the scabs flood the site with just like poorly written, non-edited garbage, trash, shit post junk. Um, with just It'd be so sad. It would be very sad. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully the website views tank. GNO a month in sees it's not working. They hire the staff back. And then they settle out some terms. The thing is, they already had a contract. They already had a union and a like a, a work contract. So I don't know how trust gets restored after. You don't like have that. to well, acknowledge a union is a crazy thing though. Like people can unionize, and the parent company can be like, we don't recognize that. We would. But apparently uh, they did. They they, they, they did in this case. Yeah. yeah. Well, also it's weird with the the inundation of ads though. That's not really something that like I don't think a union typically has to worry about no right? because that's on behalf of the readers rather than the exactly staff, yeah and so I think like their idea is that they they work for the staff no matter what yes and what is a union supposed to do when the company owning the site actively shoots itself in the foot in order to get like squeeze a couple dollars out every day it's weird like how do you advocate against that well yeah my i guess I mean, that's why the they, way they put did. out yeah yeah the, the the division of responsibility as far as i understood was that 
the union, or I can't remember the specific parties involved, but it's like the, the deputy editor, the editor-in-chief, and like one other person. They have the exclusive say of, of what gets published, why, what it looks like, and how. So they have 100% control over the creative, whereas the parent company has 100% control over the ad placement, the ad volume, the ad density, all that stuff. So the parent company is going wild on the ad density. The uh, union has no say in that, really, but they have say in what gets posted. So they post a, hey, this isn't on us, but if you want to talk to the responsible parties, go look at them. And then, yeah, the parent company went outside of their boundary, deleted the post. So it's a violation of the agreement. It's a whole mess. So yeah. hope, maybe the union can lawyer up, sue the shit out of GNO for I mean, violating the yeah, contract. The, the that terms. would be cool. That'd be cool. That would be awesome. There and are then, a lot of but, people saying really awful things about Kotaku. Yeah, They're people like, are Glad really it's dead. They're like, good. Your politics like, is don't up you to know die. that the, What's wild is the any of them where you watch for news gets it job. all from Kotaku? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Legitimately, yes. Yeah. Uh, we we I mean well we specifically credit us yeah we credit but also we do original reporting too on like a lot as well, of yeah. YouTubers but there's but, a lot of people that pass it off as like this mm-hmm. is something I found out about Battlefront two a lot of games media and games reporting is really just punditry anyway it's just here's my opinion and then report it as fact to give people what something to think right. about it'll be fun to see them all pivot to GTA five let's plays yeah Once every they last can't one get Kotaku news <laughs> oh they'll they'll come up with their own there I will say that like. Games media pundits are exceedingly good at extracting headlines from nothing and, and constructing really good straw men to get mad at. So, yeah, it is. I do think it is a little disgraceful to people who are celebrating the, the current troubles that Kotaku have, especially because they got into trouble in the first place by trying to protect the experience of their readers. That's especially shady. Yeah. It's yeah. like, are you, are you saying you want autoplay ads with sound on every website? Is that? Yeah. I feel like even if you don't like Kotaku's politics, a lot of these replies are like, you deserve it for being so woke. Uh, that has nothing to do someone with Someone here says you and your team ah. are part of the problem with the games industry. Your so-called journalism does nothing but promote and spread bias negativity. Someone called it toxic. Um, These people never should, leave Twitter. You should, in theory, still be very much in support of a website taking a dramatic stance against yeah. aggressive advertising. Right. Aggressive advertising sucks. And it's so We can all agree on that, right? I would, you I would have thought out there so. Who's like, I like ads. It's I enjoy seeing what Swiffer is doing now. <laughs> It's astoundingly <laughs> hypocritical, too. It's to can you it's make it have sound on automatically yeah, so I don't have to press the button? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's the octogenarian who has sound playing in every tab but can't hear it because their hearing aid is turned off. And it's like, I don't see the problem. <laughs> it makes me feel less alone. <laughs> <laughs> it drowns out the voices in my head I from my husband. God rest his soul. I'm <laughs> <laughs> going with an old lady. Yeah, she's a, uh, that's the Kotaku readership. Reader glasses. Stick with every other word. She's got to push her glasses back up and keep talking. <laughs> she's, she's but I do one. that. Good riddance to every toxic inpol SJW Kotaku fuck <sighs> who used gaming as a Trojan horse to push their bullshit. She's British now. <laughs> I'm sick of these absolute soy boys <laughs> taking my games away from now. <laughs> I like advertising. Mine was going to chimney sweep. Yeah, I see. That's I fine. See. All right. You find your voice after a while. It's about time for us to wrap up this episode of Dude Soup. I hope you all enjoyed it. Very video gamey week. Uh, we're excited to see what happens at BlizzCon. Hope everyone stays safe out there and that Diablo 4 looks good. Yeah. All right. See you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>